I'm Dr. Shante and welcome to another episode. In fact, the 50th episode of Branding for Believers. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I actually am really excited. Um, I remember the very first pod class and I jumped into a world of podcasters because there are like over 200,000 podcasts on iTunes. And so when you jump into that crowded space, you're thinking like, who's gonna listen to me? Who am I to be doing this? You know, you ask yourself all the wrong questions. And to be here 50 episodes later, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed by you guys. For those of you that are listening in the pod class room today, we have a whole new group of people that have never been to pod class before. So that's exciting to me because where we are in Chicago last week, during my birthday week, I'm a little shade about it, but you know, I'm over it. It was cold, it was cold as a brick. You know, for the past two years, I had like this wonderful birthday weather like it is today. But last week that was not going on. And so they gave up their slice of Chicago heaven weather to come and be in pod class today. So thank you so much. Um, before we even get started, I thought long and hard about this. And I said, I wanna dedicate the 50th podcast, the cause this is a milestone. This is like a, a big one. And so I am going to dedicate this one to my camera person, Sam. So for those of you who listen to the podcast, you have no idea who Sam is. If you've come to pod class, you know exactly who Sam is because Sam has been to every single pod class. And let me tell you something, you can buy a lot of things for your brand, for your business, but loyalty is not one of those things. It's not one of those things. When I tell you from the first episode to where we are right now, every time rain or shine, sleet or hail, whether one person came or 20 people came, Sam was right there. So for those of you listening, Sam Wright, Destiny Fam Media, I just have to give you a huge shout out. This episode is for you, sir. Thank you very much. Let's give it up for Sam. <clears throat> okay, so today's episode number 50 is all about proximity is power. So our guiding thought for today comes from Matthew 9, 21. For she said to herself, if I can just touch the fringe of his robe, I will be made well. So for those of you that are familiar with this story, this is a woman who was hemorrhaging, who had an issue of blood. And actually I have all women in the pod class today. So we get that right. Like we only have to deal with it for a couple of days, but this woman had issues for 12 years. Okay. And in biblical times, anytime that you were dealing with some sort of issue medically beyond that, that designated cycle, you were considered unclean. You were considered untouchable. You were considered an outcast. And so I want you to imagine being pulled out of your life for medical reasons, for prolonged illness for 12 years. Okay. So given her mental state, given where she was, just, I used to have a family, I used to have a life, I used to be vibrant, I used to be, you know, going and seeing and doing, and all of a sudden I've just been pulled away from that as a social pariah for 12 years. And so in that mental state, she heard that Jesus was coming to town. And so she's like, man, I heard about this guy. He can heal, he can deliver, he's giving sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. like." I I have to see this man. I don't have to talk to him. I don't have to have no selfie with him. We ain't got to be booed up. If I could just get close enough to him just to touch, not him, not his garment, the fringe, a thread on his garment, I know that I will be healed. So here's what we're going to be talking about today. What is your issue? 
I just told you what this woman's issue is, but what's your issue? Two, what are you saying to yourself? And three, what are you willing to do to get close to your breakthrough? So what's your issue? I submit to you today that everybody in this room, everybody listening, we all have suffered with something. And I emphasize the word with something, okay? Which is different than suffering from something, okay? Because when you're suffering from something, you know, something that is afflicting you, like you're kind of, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, you're a, a victim of it and it's just attacking you. But when you're suffering with something, this is something that's been a companion for a minute, okay? When you're suffering with something, it is a part of you. And even though what this woman was experiencing was a, a medical abnormality, it was still with her. A lot of times when I'm driving on the Eisenhower Expressway, um, I've seen these billboards that say things like, um, I have HIV, but it doesn't have me, or I have cancer, but it doesn't have me. This woman, she was suffering with something. And so all of us have suffered with something and that something has varied from time to time. So that something can be insecurity. That something can be depression. That something can be obesity. I'm working on it, Jesus. <laughs> that something can be doubt or uncertainty. That something can be poverty or scarcity. But what is your issue? If you're being honest with yourself, if you think about all the things that you aspire to do, looking at where you are versus where you want to be, Something that you're suffering with has kept you from getting there. So think about it. How long have you suffered? How long have you suffered? I'll be honest. I'll be transparent. I've said this before on the podcast. For a long time, I suffered with insecurity and fear of rejection, primarily because of the absence of my father. Like he lived in Chicago. He knew where I was, knew how to get in contact with me and just did not. You know how we say today, I can't, I'm unable. That's what he was. He was like, I can't, I'm unable. And then it wasn't until the day that he died, you know, and, and they asked me to come to the funeral and, you know, I'm sitting up there reading his obituary that I find out that he was unable with like eight other kids. So I'm looking at my siblings. I'm like, oh, I got siblings that are sitting in the row in front of me. So he was unable. Um, and because of that, I suffered with insecurity. I'm like, well, shoot, if your parents don't want you, you know, that planted a seed of doubt. And so I suffered with that for God, 30, 30 years. I suffered with that. And so I'm asking you, how long have you suffered? And it might be from something that somebody said to you. It might be something that somebody did to you because I will never forget the words of Maya Angelou. She says, you know, people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget the way that you made them feel. Right. And so somebody somewhere down the line made you feel some kind of way and you've been suffering because of that for a long time. But the bigger question is, how much longer are you willing to suffer? Because we like to say these things, oh, I got issues. Or, you know, I got attachment issues or, you know, I got abandonment issues or, you know, I got these issues with getting out in front of people and speaking or, you know, I got issues with asking people for things because the independent woman is broke. But that's a podcast for another day. OK, <laughs> um, but but how much longer are you willing to suffer? I want you to know that suffering is optional. Suffering is optional at any moment, at any time you have the power to decide enough. I'm done. 
How many of you show of hands have been in a situation where you realize this ain't for me? I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm gonna date myself a little bit. When I grew up, I was watching a, a television show, a cartoon, which really was not for kids. As I look back at it now, I'm like, man, he was saying some stuff under his breath. But the, the cartoon was Popeye. And when Popeye had reached a point, okay, when Popeye had reached a point of, of saturation, when he had reached his limit, he, before he grabbed the spinach, he said, that's all I can stands because I can't stands no more. And then he would get the spinach and open up a can on Bluto. And you know, that's how it would go down. But that's the thing. Suffering is optional. He said, I've had it. And I want you to know today that you need to reach a point with whatever it is that you're suffering with, where you say, where you declare it out of your mouth. I've had it. I'm done. I'm not going to go another year with this. I'm breaking up with you. Whether it's fear, I'm breaking up with you. Bye, boo. Pack your bags. Return to sender. Whether it's doubt or insecurity, I'm done with you. I am unable. Because, see, here's the thing about it. When you are suffering, okay, that is a state of, 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 of malcontent, of incontent, where you're just restless and like you know it. For example, some of us have, you know, chronic problems. So, you know, have you ever known someone that has like chronic problems with their back or chronic problems with their hip, you know, and it's like they go to bed with it, they wake up with it, like it's a part of them. But I want you to know that suffering does not have to be a part of you. You can end it today. It's a state of mind. And here's the thing, you are the only one that has control over your state of mind. That means that I can go to each one of you here and I can insult you, call you all manner of evil, okay? And you have a choice as to whether or not you're going to accept that. That's a state of mind. By the same token, which is what usually happens, I can go here and say all kinds of positive things to you. I can speak positivity into your life. I can speak encouragement into your life. I can tell you, girl, you are the bomb at this and you are killing it at that. And you know what we do? Reject it. We deflect it. As soon as somebody speaks a word of encouragement, a, a, a seed to be planted to say, you know what, this is something that you can grow, that you can develop, that you can use to either monetize or help somebody else. We immediately shut it down. Whatever that thing is, that's what you need to break up with on today. You need to let that go and leave it alone. Learn how to take a compliment. Learn how to walk in your gift. Learn how to be graceful and gracious about it and learn how to be grateful for it. In a previous podcast, I talked about when you don't use your gifts, you lose your gifts. Okay, somebody gave you something. You ever give somebody a gift and you be like, did you open it? Did you use it? Did you spend a gift card? Did you go to the movie? Did you, oh, I am, I am, I am. And even though you gave it to them and it's theirs to do as they wish, if they haven't used it, you start to think twice about whether or not you're going to give them a gift the next time. You'd be like, well, you didn't use the last one I gave you. So, I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, when you decide it's the same way with God. It's like I gave you something and you just sitting on it. So suffering is a state of mind. You are the only one that has control over your mind. You are the only one that has the power to say I'm done suffering right here, right now. So. What are you telling yourself? The woman told herself, the woman in our, in our text today, she said, if I can but touch the fringe of his robe, I'll be made well. What are you telling yourself? This woman made an empowering statement. She said, I know what my problem is. I know what the solution is and I know how to go about it. 
But I'm wondering what are you telling yourself about why you can or cannot be successful? And what we call these nowadays, we call these limiting beliefs. Okay. So here are some really common limiting beliefs that people tell themselves. Making money is hard. I'm not built for that. I'm not cut out for that. I mean, like that's, that's what you do, but that's not what I do. Making money that like, it's just too hard. Okay. Um, I was with Lisa Nichols for part of the day yesterday and you know, she reminded me of something that I've known for years. She said, money is not earned. Money is not given. Money is created. It's created. And so when you say making money is hard, you don't make money. That's what people that work a nine to five do. You make money. Entrepreneurs create money. My core business, DYOB, my branding makeover experience, that came straight out, that's straight off the dome. It didn't exist. I created it and the revenue came. Uh, the Faith Summit, you know, I create that. So money is created. So if you're telling yourself money is hard, you're telling yourself a lie. Uh, some of you are telling yourself, I don't have the right education, but let me submit to you. Um, ladies, you know, we, we, we don't let anybody in our hair, right? You know, you, you, you know, if you're getting a sew in, you just can't let anybody sew in. Okay. You, you, you can't, you can't do that. You know, you, you, ha you are very particular about who you let get in your hair, very particular about who you let make up your face. And I, I submit to you, uh, the last time you got your Senegalese twist done or the last time you got, you know, your locks tightened or the last time you got your sew in, um, did you ask them, so what school did you attend? I'm pretty sure you didn't because you saw the results, <laughs> you knew what you wanted and you didn't care if they got their degree from my kitchen, you, that's you, as long as you have the skills, that's all that mattered. So some of you are telling yourself, I don't have the right education. It's not about education, believe it or not. Like, let me just be completely transparent. Um, <laughs> when I went to college, I majored in sociology, criminal justice. I wanted to be a cop. Let's not have that conversation. Okay. But I wanted to be a cop. So I majored in sociology, criminal justice. Then I graduated, went back and got a master's in adult education, teaching. And then my doctorate is in curriculum and social inquiry. I don't have a degree in marketing. I don't have a degree in branding. I don't have a degree in communications. I've never taken one class and corporate America, the thought of going there makes my back curl up like it's my kryptonite. I can't be contained in no suit and no skirt and somebody telling me when to come in and when I can't because my weekends belong to me. So I don't have any of those core competencies in terms of a, a formal education. But you know what I do have? A gift to do all of those things. And so I decided to use my gift to leverage it, to build my platform. So if you're telling yourself, I don't have the right education, again, you're telling yourself a lie. Some of you that have kids, some of you that are listening, because I have a lot of moms that listen to the show, you're telling yourself, well, when my kids get a little older, um, procrastination is real, okay? Well, when I, you're living in when and then, and let me tell you something, when and then is not promised to you. You don't have a win and then. You don't know what your life is gonna look like three months from now. And the key is, is that the decision that you make today to act or not to act can be a huge determining factor on what that next three months looks like. And so I'm gonna wait until, you don't have until, you have right now. So what are you going to do right now? Some people are telling themselves, well, if I had a man, 
a man is not a plan. If I had a woman, you know, to help me do this, that and the third, if only I was rich or I'm not smart enough or I don't know enough or, you know, I wasn't enough to keep this job or I wasn't enough to keep this relationship going or I wasn't enough to keep whatever, whatever, whatever. Some of us are telling ourselves that things are never going to change. What are you telling yourself? What are you telling yourself? This woman told herself, the Bible says she said to herself, Okay, she had to get herself together before she could take action. The woman said to herself, if I could but just touch, if I could just get proximal to him, I don't have to talk to him. If I could just get close to him, I will be made whole. Okay, so what are you telling yourself about how close you can get to where you need to be? What are you telling yourself about this dreams? Do you aspire to be the next Shonda Rhimes or Carrie Washington or 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 lovey awesomely love? What are you aspiring to be? Do you aspire to be the next top shelf chef? What are you telling yourself about your possibilities and whether or not you're going to get there? Here's what you should tell yourself. I have the power to change my circumstances. In fact, say that I have the power to change my circumstances. You do. You do. I was one of those people. I told myself, I said, you know what? And this is for an upcoming podcast series on money and wealth because we have to deal with that. But I was one of those people where, um, you know, you grow up and you hear this rhetoric about money, how money is funny and credit won't get it. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, I've had people in my family say things like, well, I'll skip a, I'll skip a bill before I miss a meal. You know, like just like paying your bills is optional, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and in the ninth grade, I had a divorce between myself and Mav. We broke up like things did not work out. The chemistry was not there. We were plotting X and Y coordinates on a graph and it was so abstract to me. And there was a, a positive slope and a negative slope. And I just... I was unable to can, okay? I was unable to process the information and the teacher that I had was not making the concrete applications that I needed because the math classes that I did well were geometry. I understand spatial and measurement. That makes perfect sense to me. And statistics, I understand averages. I got that. Everything else fell completely apart. And so I told myself, you're not good with numbers. Fast forward, graduating from college with 12 credit cards and no job. Fast forward to a point in my life where I didn't even want to check the mailbox. Like I avoided checking the mailbox for like a straight year because I'm just like, I just I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to face it. I had to tell myself I had to wake up and say, you have the power to change your circumstances. You waiting for the, the, the fairy money godmother to come raining down from the heavens and fix the mess that you made. You, you created it by yourself. You can uncreate it. You can fix it. It's not beyond your grasp. It's not beyond your reach. So whatever mess you've created in your life in whatever area it is, you made it, unmake it. You have the power to change it and learn from it and move on. It doesn't define you. Failure is not final. We've all been there. Okay. It's an opportunity to learn, learn, grow, go. Okay. You should tell yourself that you are the one who sets the conditions for your breakthrough. This woman made a conditional faith statement. This is basic logic. This is philosophy 101. All logic rests on if then statements. If this, then that. Okay. Conditional logic. Okay. 
This woman said, if I can get close enough, then change is going to happen. Proximity is power. Who are you close to? Who have you allowed to be close to you? Proximity is power. You have to consider, okay, if I want to be a actor, an actress, why am I in Chicago? Those opportunities are on the West Coast, okay? If I want to uh, go work for Diddy, why am I in Chicago? Diddy's in New York, okay? If I can get close enough, if you want to be a venture capitalist, why are you hanging out with Boo Boo Kitty? Boo Boo Kitty's not a venture capitalist, okay? So if she said, here are the conditions for my breakthrough, if I can get close enough, then change is going to happen. So what you should be telling yourself, if I can get away from these negative people, then we all have some of those. Some people that just need to join team, have a seat. And, you know, we need to walk away, <laughs> you know, and, and while they're having a seat. OK, um, if I can stop feeling sorry for myself, if I can stop complaining about what I don't have and start maximizing what I do have, then see, those are conditional statements. Those are setting the conditions for your breakthrough. It's like if I can do this, then change is going to happen. Change is going to manifest. If I can change my circle of influence, then, and this is what I mean by your circle of influence. First of all, let me applaud you for uh, truly, again, for coming to pod class today, because this right here is a circle of influence. I may not be in your daily life world, but in terms of what you choose to allow into your spirit, okay? Because you could be at home binge watching, I don't know, Orange is the New Black, something, okay? You could be doing that, but you said, I'm gonna change the circle of influence. I'm gonna start changing the things I listen to and the things that I read and the people that I let talk to me and get in my ear. I need to change my circle of influence. If this, then that. If I can put the pity party on pause, then I can start moving in action. When my financial situation was crazy, I had to put the pity party on pause and say, Shantae, get your sh together, period, point blank, okay? Because pity parties don't pay bills. You can't pay bills with feelings. You, you can't. When, when you can, you let me know, okay? <laughs> if I can get close to what God is asking me to do instead of following my own agenda, then. That's a conditional statement for breakthrough. If I can get close enough to what God is asking me to do, because see, here's the thing about it. Anytime you endeavor to do anything remotely close to what God is asking you to do, you can expect opposition. You can count on it. You can set your watch to it. Like I knew, I knew you was coming. I, I was, I was waiting for you at the door because I knew it. Okay. Notice how when you try to go on a diet, somebody brings donuts. Notice when you try to give up smoking, somebody come and blow a puff in your face. Notice how when you're trying to stop drinking, girl, you want to go out for drinks. Anytime you endeavor to get even remotely close to positive change in action, you can anticipate opposition. So the conditional statement for your breakthrough, if I can get close to what God is asking me to do instead of following my own agenda, then proximity is power. How close are you to your purpose? You need to ask yourself that. How close are you to your purpose? How closely aligned is your will and God's will for your life? Do they even look like the same book? Do they even look like the same book? 
And, you know, if, if you all have bought my book, if you if you bought Believe in Bigger, you know. I, did, I didn't come out the box like this. OK, like Dr. Shante wasn't always Dr. Shante. Dr. Shante was a scallywag. You hear me? OK, but but because once upon a time, my will was so opposite of what God wanted me to do. It wasn't even funny. It was night and day. And, you know, I grew up in the church like since the age of eight. OK, um, it didn't make any difference. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. OK. Here's the key. Here's what just is crazy about this particular story, this particular passage in scripture. Jesus was physically surrounded by people when the woman touched him. But what moved him was her faith. So I've said in previous podcasts, Jesus went viral like he did. Like as soon as people found out that he could heal the sick and raise the dead and, and get the blind sight and get the deaf to hear and people that were maimed was getting up and walking and running around town, people was like, yes, I want a, I want a piece of that. Okay, so he went viral. So when he was walking through the town, when he was walking through the city, people were on him, okay, like on him, like he was more popular than the Kardashians. People were on him, okay? I halfway think that that's why he got the disciples for like security purposes, but you know, <laughs> what else, okay? Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that so he was physically surrounded by people and this woman was clawing, pushing, nudging, kicking, stretching, desperate. She didn't want to touch him. She wanted to touch his robe. You hear that? His robe. And her faith is what moved him. So let me be very clear about what proximity is and what it is not. Proximity is not rubbing elbows with celebrities. So you know that like Empire is, is filmed in Chicago? I don't care if you make it on set and take pictures with Taraji. That's not proximity. OK, because after your picture, you're going to go home to do what you do. and She's going to keep it moving and do what she do. That's not proximity. OK, proximity is not. Oh, so and so just walked up in here. Let me get a picture. Let me get a selfie. Let, rubbing elbows with celebrities is not proximity. Proximity is when the person that you aspire to be transcends the person that you are and takes action towards the people, places and things that will help you realize your purpose. That's proximity. Proximity is when the future you leapfrogs over the present you and says, I got to get there. Proximity is when you're not yet you sees the possibilities for your future and say, I can't deal with right now you. Right now you, you stuck someplace, I, I can't stay here right now. So the, the, the not yet you transcends the right now you and positions yourself to be close to the people, the places and the things that are going to help you realize your purpose. Proximity is, an, is taking action towards your purpose. Not rubbing elbows, but taking action towards your purpose. So to give this some practical application, if you aspire to be a television producer, you need to start building a relationship with one. Does that not make sense? I didn't say go take pictures with one. I didn't say go have dinner with one, even though that can start to build a relationship. But if that's what you aspire to do, you need to start to build those relationships. If you just aspire to be a millionaire, you need to surround yourself with millionaires and start taking notes. I've noticed that for the past three years, once I got committed, clearly focused about what my future was, what my vision was and what the path was going to be, 
my circle started to change, like literally, like attracts like. And so my not yet, so I'm not a millionaire yet, but my not yet self started to attract people into my life, started to attract people like Elton Brand from the NBA and started to attract people like Tiffany Brooks from each HGTV, started to attract people like Tanya Winfield from The Biggest Loser. It just started, I'm not there yet, but my not yet self says, baby, we're there. I'm already waiting for you. And so that person is who started to attract those types of people into my life. So if you aspire to be a millionaire, you need to surround yourself with millionaires and start taking notes. And if you want to be more like Christ, you need to stop dancing with the devil. Like y'all need to stop. Cha-cha, not y'all. Like y'all need to stop. Like, hey, you like y'all need to like really like stop doing that. If you aspire to be more like Christ, you are going to have to stop dancing with the devil, you know, like you can't, you can't straddle the fence, you know, like you ever been in a relationship with somebody where it's like, are we together? Are we not together? Cause like, it's not really clear what's going on because your words say one thing and your actions say something else. So I'm just trying to find some consistency. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that. <clears throat> so the last question is this, what are you willing to do to get close to your breakthrough? So this woman had to fight her way through the crowds. She crawled and she clawed her way to get to the fringe, baby. That's what's blowing my mind. She crawled her way not to get to Jesus, just to get to a thread of his garment. OK. I don't have to work for Oprah. I don't have to work for Shonda Lamb. But if I could get close enough to be some sort of media affiliate in some way, shape or form, I can rock with that. OK, like she clawed and fought to get close to the fringe. Don't think that success is going to be easy to obtain. It's not because everybody when I told you that 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 Jesus had gone viral, everybody wanted something from him. You think everybody don't want what you want? Everybody has that dream. Everybody has a vision to be greater, to do more, to have more, to be better. And so that means it's a lot. It's crowded. It's a crowded field of people that are aspiring to do that. Everybody wants a breakthrough. Everybody wants success. The difference between those who get it and those who don't is a willingness to fight for it. Are you willing to fight for it? I'll give you I'll paint a picture for you. You ever been to a wedding? and seen the bride throw the bouquet at the reception and it didn't go well, right? You know, um, they, they go one and then two, and then all of a sudden somebody skinned their knees and ran their pantyhose, taking a dive on the floor, you know, like trying to get like, granted, you know, it, it's, it's superstition. It's just tradition. It's just something that we say that, you know, the next person that catches it is gonna be the one married. But you know what? I've seen, I've seen some single ladies willing to fight for that bouquet and then heaven forbid that like like two women catch it at the same time then it's it's a it's a tug of war it's like okay who wants it who wants it okay so my question to you is who wants it who wants it everybody wants what you want but the difference between those who get it and those who don't are those who are willing to fight for it so are you willing to fight through rejection are you willing to fight through copycats and competition because that happens right you know, you come up with a great idea, you come up with a great innovation, you start branding yourself and start uh, positioning yourself a certain way. And then here come somebody to say, oh, I like that. I'm just going to take that and not give you credit for it. Yeah, that's frustrating. Are you willing to fight through that and hold people accountable for their actions? Are you willing to fight through long periods of waiting? Huh. 
Am I the only person like this is my Achilles heel? That That is me like all day long. And I kid you not, I went to Sunday school this morning and like as soon as I walked in the door, they was talking about waiting. I was like, I'm gonna walk out the door. <laughs> like, like, Lord, you just had this le lesson waiting on me. You trying to be funny. But oh, the waiting, the waiting. And here's my takeaway from Sunday school this morning. So I'm gonna gonna share it with you is that the process is where you are being perfected while you wait for the promise. It's the process. Okay. The Bible says, let patience have its perfect work that you might be whole and complete, lacking nothing. Here's the thing. You know, there's all kind of like diet pills out there and you got these waist trainers because you know, it's all about that waist, about that waist. No treble. Okay. Like it's all about that waist. Okay. Um, and there's so many products out there on the market, but you know what I have found after being on this roller coaster for so many years? It literally is as basic and as local as eat right. That's it. Your body is full of acid because you done filled it up with cheese and sugar and just all all kinds of damnation. OK, and I have noticed that when I eat right, I feel great. I've got energy. You know, I can just leap tall buildings in a single bound. But when I eat like crap, I feel like crap. I can't get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, like Monday is looking at me like a four letter word. And I'm like <laughs> ready to punch it in the face. And it, and, and it really comes down to the process of eating right, having discipline, being hydrated with water. <sighs> Starbucks was a struggle for me, but I had to. Yep. I did. Okay. You know, I had to, had to back away from that, but, but it's that sort of thing. It's the process and we hate the process. We want what we want when we want it. Can't we just have it? But the fact of the matter is, is that if you go and get liposuction today, you know what you didn't learn to do? Eat well. So that means that once they suck all the fat out, you're going to go back with those same habits that got you to the liposuction table to begin with. There's a process of being perfected while you wait for the promise and the payoff of the results. So the woman with the issue, she saw a vision of herself without her issue. And that's what I want you guys to do. The issue that you're suffering with, I want you to see your life without it. What if you didn't have it? What if you weren't afraid? What if you weren't insecure? What if you really didn't care what people said about you? What if you could just went, went for it and just played full out, unapologetic about it? That woman saw herself there and I want you to see yourself there I want you to see it I want you to see the money you got in the bank I want you to see the relationships that you have I want you to see the confidence that you have I want you to see the people that you've helped I want you to see it and what you see should compel you today to say, I'm done with suffering and that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get proximal, to get close to my breakthrough. For me, the, my favorite part, my favorite quote is when you said suffering is optional. Mm. Um, it's, you know, I know God recently revealed to me that I ha in prayer that I have an issue with fear of dependency. Mm. So depending on people and that also um, I translate into my relationship with him, a fear of depending on him. So 
I know it's optional. You know, whatever the enemy is telling me, what I have to partner with that. And so that's a choice of mine. And so I'm choosing now not to partner with um, those fears. And so just so I'm clear, you said fear of dependency, meaning that you don't want to become dependent on somebody. Right. And then you have this mindset, oh, I'll do it. I got this. Exactly. Okay, we're spirit animals, right? <laughs> okay, we're, we're spirit animals. But you know what? I had to really get it clear in my head. So if you really do see success for yourself on a grand scale, I had to realize no CEO of any company does it all. They don't, they're not the ones that answer the phones. They're not the ones that sit up in the sales meetings. They're not the ones that draft up the marketing pictures and the plans and the branding. They run the company, they make decisions, they're the visionary and everybody else underneath them executes and that CEO depends on those other people. And that is, whoo, I had to really let that saturate in my spirit because I was getting so burnt out that I was ready to quit on my assignment until, and people were like forcing help. And I was like, no, no, cause I don't wanna feel like I have to owe people. And then this and the third, it's like, you know what? People are grown. And people are making grown decisions about whether or not they want to help you. And, you know, the Bible says, given it shall be given to you. So don't rob them of a blessing of wanting to give to you because you want to be Miss Independent Woman. So that was a hard lesson to learn. Thank you for saying that because I had that same fear. The one thing that stood out to me um, was when you said you had the power to change your circumstances. Um, I recently like got an aha moment of what God wants me to do is, which is basically um, creatively connecting people to the resources that they need. So in order for me to connect people, I have to know, you know, who's out there that has these resources. So then I could connect the people who are in need. So my thing was actually this um, this past Thursday, I went to a networking event. And I feel like, you know, this whole thing um, that you said is kind of like confirming that, you know, I did the right thing by networking, uh, being around people who are in the nonprofit industry, and which is something that I would like to, you know, be a part of. And to just to gain knowledge of what's happening, you know, what are people um, doing in the nonprofit industry and um, building connections. I have, you know, a whole bunch of business cards. I follow up with people. So um, the main thing that you said is, you know, I had the power to change my circumstances and not just, you know, be complacent with where I am, but actually be amongst people and learn from people. So I love that you said that because sometimes we're just waiting for something to happen. And I'm telling you what you're waiting for. You're waiting for you. You're waiting for you to show up. And, and, and future you was just sitting up there like, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And right now you was like, um, anybody out there you know so the fact that you stepped out there and to network and also build genuine relationships you know if you read the new testament you know jesus he built relationships with people people were like come in sit with me down with me come meet the family that sort of thing you know building those relationships it makes such a difference in terms of getting proximal so proximity to where you want to be thank you so much and everybody listening thank you so much um if you have tweets takeaways shout outs if this you know i came down your pew and stepped on your toe it wasn't you know intentional but you know i do this out of love you can hit me at dr shante says on twitter or on instagram so let's give it up Woo -hoo! Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com and you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.